Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reservations. We are your hosts. I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Jeremy Blair. Oh, my God. He actually introduced himself normally this time. Yeah, you know, you got to appreciate... You, you have to have rainy days to appreciate sunny ones. <laughs> oh so, God. consider this a rainy day episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the movie we're going to talk about is... Uh, um, it's not happy. Oh yeah, at it's all. not full of rainbows and sunshine. Not um, this one. You know, so uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we hope everyone enjoyed their Christmas. Their, their yes, Christmas. and hopefully everyone's going to have a happy New Year. We yeah. will be releasing this on New Year's Eve. Yes. Uh, isn't that crazy? How the last three episodes have all like fallen by yeah holidays. Pretty much, yeah. They've they've all been significant holidays. Yeah, and then uh, and then the last two episodes of this series will be in the new year. 2020. That's fucking crazy. It is nuts, uh, right? Yeah. That, um, and I'm sorry if I sound like I've been smoking 50 packs. Uh, I have a lot of congestion and I can hear it in my headphones. Yeah. I, um, I probably might not sound the same anyway either because I went to a wedding this weekend and, uh, we were, you know, screaming, hollering, singing, you know, whatever. So. Dude, when me and Ashley went to, uh, have you ever been to Medieval Times before? Yeah. Bro, when me and Ashley went on our anniversary, like, I knew there was going to be yelling. Like, I've seen videos, and I've heard stories about Medieval Times. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to expect some yelling. I didn't realize how much yelling. It's a lot of yelling. By the time we left, I had a headache, and my throat was exactly how it is now. Yeah. I was just like, ugh. <laughs> I sounded like a... It sounded like Lily in that episode of uh, uh, How I Met Your Mother where they're all smoking. Yeah, it's uh, – wow, man, what is that actor's name? Uh, Allison Hannigan? No. Oh, uh, the one who does the double yeah, for Lily's voice. Yeah, because he's the brother in Mrs. Doubtfire. He's yeah. also in Independence Day. Yeah, the whole like, I don't know – I know I don't normally call you doll face. <laughs> but it sounds kind of cool in this voice. Doll face. Yeah, man, I really wish I remember. Also, the grandma from – the great-grandmother from uh, fucking SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What are they selling? Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> That's a classic episode right there. It is. R.I.P. Uh, Steven Hindenburg, uh, the father of all memes. Oh, boy. Um, anyway. So, yeah. So, anyway, so that's probably why I probably don't sound very Jeremy-ish either. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, just bear with us, everyone. <laughs> but, you know, I think we've got a, a pretty fun-filled episode. Oh, I'm st- I love this movie. So, I mean, again, this is, you know. Second pick in a row for me, so. So, uh, continuing in uh, Jeremy's series of stage-to-screen adaptations and a movie that we have mentioned twice mm-hmm. in previous episodes, uh, today is Bug. Bug. From 2006. Yes. Uh, side note, as I told Jeremy off not Mike, uh, when I would look some things up about the movie, every time I type in Bug, the first thing that would come up is A Bug's Life. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not looking for a kid's movie. <laughs> Yeah, this is not. <laughs> yeah, this is not a bug's life. Uh, so no. if or one could say it is a bug's life. Wow. <laughs> um, that is <laughs> that is probably true. Anyway, anyway. so uh, this is a play adaptation by Tracy Letts, mm-hmm. uh, like we mentioned last week during he, our teaser. Um, yeah, that he was on Seinfeld. and Yes, and actually, now, you know what episode it was? Yeah, you, you said in the previous episode. Well, I had mentioned that it was... The one where Elaine bets on a horse. Which is the Festivus episode. I completely forgot they were the same episode. Uh, and so if you've seen the Festivus episode, Tracy Letts is in that. Oh, okay. Um, he's one of the bookies. Anyway, so... Um, 
as we said before, Tracy Letts also wrote August Osage County. He wrote Killer Joe. Yeah, which I I also did a little brief research into as well, uh, mainly over the rating because it was supposed to be it was supposed to be NC seventeen, right? Yeah, but which is is so strange because I've seen the the director's cut, you know, the whatever the uncut version, uh-huh. and I don't uh, I don't see why. I don't see why it's NC seven. Why it would be considered NC seventeen? Right. Um, I, I read know. something about like there's a rape scene or something in it. Or? Juno Temple is nude. Okay. But I mean, it's like it's nothing, you know, outrageous. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, anyway, I, I, mean, I don't. Ashley Judd is nude like half this movie. Yeah, Ashley Judd is nude in this movie too. And I know, but I'm gonna be real with you, dude. So. Um, I was telling Ashley because, like I mentioned off mic, Ashley was watching this movie with me. Um, I wanted us, I wanted them to show us uh, Michael Shannon's penis. His dong, yeah, yeah. I was like, you he know, doesn't if, have dong. I was like, we're gonna see Ashley Judge boobs, her her vagina and her butt. Let me see that Michael Shannon penis. Yeah, that way. And I had looked away for a brief second, and Ashley was like, oh, oh t- testicle. I was like, what? And I like rewind, and when he's putting on his pants, yeah, you can see just. I was like, that's good enough for me. Good enough. Uh, <laughs> yes, we we at uh, reservations uh, believe in uh, <laughs> nudity should be equal. equal. Exactly. <laughs> that's uh, that's even what our boy uh, Huge Jack Man believes. That's right. That's why in that scene in Days of Future Past, he was fully nude. Oh, hanging and, that dong. I know, dude. And they had to keep putting a sock on it, and the sock was falling off. Of course, because it was too small. <sighs> the sock, not his, not his wiener. Wow. <laughs> Anyway, so, <laughs> Jesus. so the I guess the common theme, I guess, with Tracy Letts's uh, plays, because um, I mean, with the, I guess with the exception of August Osage County, because that one isn't nearly as dark, right? As that one's Bugger more like Killer a, Joe. a dramedy, right? Yeah, it, it's a it's a family dramedy, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but yeah, I I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, with this and Killer Joe, I noticed some like. That there's a lot of violence and, and psychological and right, and it's sort of a a a look at the lower class through this sort of darker lens. Yeah, I, I was telling you, Ashley, I feel like and this southern is, lower class. You know, as well as we were watching it, and it's, it's like really into it. You know, the part. You know, spoilers ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, they've already lined the motel walls with tinfoil. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, they're, you know, he's, he's telling Agnes, you know, piece it together. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like we're looking at a commentary of drug addicts. Hmm. Because it, it especially made it apparent to me when they had the pizza. Like, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the very end of the movie when they're oh, yeah, picking yeah. through the pizza and they're like, <sighs> you know. Yeah. I, I was like, I feel like we're looking at drug addicts. That's an interesting that's an interesting take on it. Right. Um, but anyway, before we get too far, yeah, yeah. let me give a brief synopsis um, So just so that people can follow along. And it's a very it, – it's a simple synopsis. Right. It's boy meets girl. Um, girl is traumatized by her missing child and her abusive ex-husband. Which um, – Harry Connick Jr. I – I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I couldn't buy that he was the bad boy. Really? Because he's too pretty. He, I mean, yeah, you're don't right. Don't get me wrong. I think Harry Connick Jr. is incredibly talented. He's he, good. Was, he was good in this. I, he he you know, was yeah. good, but I'm like, I can't buy that he was abusive. He's too pretty. He's too pretty to be abusive. They should have given him a scar or something. I'm like, yeah. all right. I'm like, I, I see it now. 
Because, yeah, I mean, I was surprised because, you know, I had seen it when it came out. I would think it was a middle school or something when it came uh-huh. out. And um, and obviously, I had a lack of parental supervision. <laughs> um, that's what? not true. They just knew that I liked movies and whatever. Anything goes uh-huh. at that point. The, the, one, the other thing, too, that did it for me is his tattoo on his forearm. Mm-hmm. You could clearly tell it was fake. The other ones looked really good and aged. But yeah, because, like, the ones on his knuckles really looked aged, too. Yeah, you know? and then, I mean, like, were, the one up here, the, oh, on his shoulder he had looked really good. But then the one right here looked like either, A, he just freshly gotten it, or, B, they just slapped, slapped it on. It on. Well, you know, he did just get out of jail, so it could yeah, be a jail time. That's true. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, anyway, girl is very lonely, vulner- emotionally and psychologically vulnerable. Right. right? She meets boy. Boy it's is also a, very lonely. Very lonely. Is a paranoid, schizophrenic, uh, delusional, mm-hmm. maybe, um, human man, right? Right. Um, they get together. Um, which some really cool real life psychology that we'll get into mm-hmm. um, ropes her into his psychosis and we get to see their lives sort of fall apart. Right. right. And very quickly. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the time frame is supposed to be between the fly catchers on the ceiling and on the ceiling fans uh-huh. to tinfoil. Right. Yeah. I don't know how much time is supposed to have passed. It seems like some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Harry Connick Jr. leaves the apartment in daylight, when you know, when you know, he's just wearing a T-shirt. When he tries to break in um, to the motel room with Doctor Sweet, he's wearing a jacket. Yeah. So maybe we're talking a couple months, right? Maybe. I don't know. It, of course, it's Oklahoma. You know. Mm-hmm. It gets cold at night. Yeah, because I definitely know from the time of uh, Peter explaining to Agnes what the bugs are to the flycatchers, that was two weeks because mm-hmm. um, we see Harry Connick Jr. again and he says, you know, I'll be back in a week, week and a you know, week, yeah, two yeah. weeks. So it was either a week or two weeks okay. from that time yeah. frame. But then, yeah, I don't know how we go from fly traps to right. And, and so that would be if I had a criticism. That would be it. That you it wanted a timeline. It was just too fast. Okay. Um, you know, or it's just demonstrating the power of the delusion. Right. I want to put delusion in quotes, and we'll get there. So, let's talk about the psychology. Okay. So it depicts a lot of abnormal psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is where I told you off, Mike. We were going to mention Fallout Boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I'm still trying to figure it out. Ashamed that I'm mentioning. <laughs> Excuse a, me an alt rock album but uh, it is a real psychological diagnosis uh, what, uh, it's folie I do ah. um, so it is a shit and all of these are pretty much the same so what right. it is is it kind of ties in with the second abnormal psychology diagnosis which is emotional contagion okay so that's where you have a primary and a secondary the primary ropes in the secondary. Okay. So if you spend a lot of time, we're talking like 95, 98% of your time with this one person who has a delusion. Right. And you have very little, not completely isolated, but you have very little contact with other people. Uh-huh. You will eventually get roped into it as well. Okay. Um, Which is, you know, I'm glad you're bringing that up because I did ask Ashley that because, you know, Ashley um, in high school, 
and throughout her college career, she took a lot of psychology classes. And I asked her, I was like, is that common for that to happen where someone with this grand uh, delusion can bring someone into their delusion? She was like, yeah, in rare instances, if the second person also is vulnerable and... And we we get to see, and I'm really glad she brought that up because that's true. So since we've already established how emotionally and psychologically vulnerable she is... Uh um, Agnes, everyone, not my wife. um, (laughs) That we can see that um, she'll believe pretty much anything at this point. Right. Right. She can get roped into anything because she is... Like when I like I tell people this all the time, if I'm watching a movie with someone Mm -hmm. and I'm sort of lukewarm about it, but the person next to me has a super strong emotion about it, I'm going to agree with them. Okay. because if I'm not sure and they are absolutely sure, I'm just going to be like, well, maybe they're right. I don't know. Right. At that in that instance in time, uh, my my opinion depends on the stronger one. Right. That's a really bad example, but that's pretty well, much I mean, that's pretty much what's going on here emotionally, psychologically. Right. Um, she is broken down, and she will adapt and follow mm-hmm. or latch on to a stronger mental faculty. I guess you could say. Right. Uh, and so the type of delusion that they are experiencing is delusional. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, parasitosis. 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 Um, having bugs in your skin. Parasites. Right. Which Dr. Sweet kind of explains. Let's put that in quotes too. Dr. Sweet. Um, well, do, you so, want to come, do you want to put a pin in that and come back to it? Yeah. Okay. Because like, like last week, which is, again, these – I'm glad that we're doing it this way because we do get a little bit of – something from last week into this week, which is ambiguity, uh-huh. right? And the, the movie kind of explains some of the ambiguity, like the helicopter noise and the room is shaking. We do get some closure that that's not really happening, right? right? So there is some delusional thing happening with these two people, uh-huh. right? Because at the very end, Harry Connick Jr. is banging on that door and when we cut to him, there's no sound, there's no shaking. But when we cut to inside the room, there's the helicopter noise and it's shaking, right? Right. And so we do get sort of that, okay, they're experiencing it, he's not, which means it's not happening. Right. Right. But um, one could argue <laughs> that maybe they're not crazy. Um, we do get some evidence for that as well. Um, in the in the after credit scene, right? Eh. Well, so so I'll be honest. Um, tor- as it was playing the credits, I I looked some stuff up about the movie, and it was like, yeah. And then the after credit scene, this is what happens. I was like, oh okay. So I fast forward through the credits, and it just shows us the opening shot of Doctor Sweet dead, and then mm-hmm. it cuts, and I'm like. Uh, I'm like this says this is supposed to happen, and so mm-hmm. I think the digital the the version I rented off of iTunes, they had cut that out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I've the reason I said mm, was because I've never seen an after credit scene. So oh yeah. So from what I read, at the very end we get that opening shot of Doctor Sweet. Yeah. Um, 
But then the, uh, I guess the camera pans. I don't fucking know. It just uh, we just see the toys mm-hmm. that Peter had out, and they're unaffected. And the rest of the uh, uh, room does not have tinfoil except for the room Doctor Sweet is in. Interesting. And it appears there has been no fire. Interesting. And then that's where it just cuts. Okay, yeah, because that's a really good point as well. Because um, you know, because it would have had that shot would have had to have taken place while they were in the living room still, uh-huh. right? Because then they light themselves on fire and coincidence, and consequently the entire room on fire. Um, which again, ambiguous. Right. We don't know what's really happening. I have a lot of stuff about Doctor Sweet over on this page, but um, let's talk about some. Uh, peculiar things that really don't get explained. Okay. We don't get the phone calls explained. Yeah. Uh, the phone calls that Agnes gets in, in her room um, where she answers it, but there's no one on the other end um, is strange because we, she confronts, and I forgot his name, Harry Connie Jr.'s character. Uh, and I just watched it today. Jerry. Jerry. Jerry Goss. She asked Jerry or she confronts him about it uh, saying, you know, you're calling me eight times a day. He goes, I ain't called you once, mm-hmm. you know? And obviously I, I believe him. I, you know, because it, it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And he even says before that, I wrote you a letter. Did you get the letter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, we know it's not him. We know it's not Peter uh, because they hadn't met yet. Yeah. Um, and we know it's not RC. These are the only people we know mm-hmm. in this universe. Yeah. There is only like four people. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Sweet, people. Peter, Agnes, RC, and Yeah, there's Jared. only like five people in this universe that we know, yeah. right? Um, and so we know that none of them are calling Agnes eight times a day. Uh-huh. So that's never explained. So, I mean, that's very peculiar, which, you know, also leads into her delusion a little bit too because we – she gets this – this strange thing happening to her every day. Mm-hmm. And she wants an explanation for that. And also her missing child. So right. these two things add to to help the delusion <coughs> and the psychosis grow. Okay. Right. Because she has these unanswered questions that she needs answers to. And she's so desperate. It could be anything. Right. Okay. Uh, it, it adds to the vulnerability of her. Psychological state. Right. right. Also, what never got explained is the flyer on her car because it wasn't oh, yeah. on anyone else's car. Well, yeah, because she grabs it, crumples it up, and then just throws it. Yeah. We, okay. I don't even think we know what the flyer says. Um, uh, I don't think so either. I didn't catch that. So and I've seen it a few times. So these are kind of weird things. Right. That kind of, And then, of course, Dr. Sweet is an entire weird thing. Yeah. That we can get into because he's very strange in the way he talks, he acts, uh, what he says, how he says it, you know, the things that he does in the motel room, mm-hmm. uh, like he smokes the crack. Dude, so I jokingly – so me and Ashley are watching. And so this may piss you off, but cer- certain times, if it's a movie I've seen a thousand times, if it's a movie I'm just now watching for the first time, I'll just – I'll make jokes. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's you know he's talking to Agnes, and in, you know he asks her, "May I have a drink?" And she's like, "No, you cannot." And he's looking around, and then he sees the crack pipe, and then I'm like, "Can I get a taste of that sweet, sweet crack?" Yep. And then he's like, "Do you mind?" I'm like, "Oh, I was like, oh my god, yes!" So right, so that 
to me, is the strangest thing he does. Yeah, because why would a medical doctor... Smoke crack. Smoke crack, yeah. Smoke smoke that that sweet, sweet crack. Yeah, I mean... Oh, man, it's so strange. As Schmidt will call it, the crack cocaine. So when he does that, that sort of... That sort of gives you doubt for everything else he's saying. Right. Because it's like, well, why would he do that? That's so strange. You know what yeah, I mean? Especially in that last little bit of why he when he's there. Right. Because he's talking about Lloyd, right? Mm-hmm. The son. And and that's also very strange. Because you could if he I'm telling you, if he hadn't of uh, took a hit off that pipe. He took two hits, I think. Yeah. That I would have just assumed he was just telling everything she wanted to hear to get her out of there. Right. I would have believed that. Just to, you know... Just to get her away from Peter. Right. You know, tell her or, you know, play along, get her out of there, mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll deal with the consequences after that. Which is... That's what I was suspecting he was doing, you know, towards the end. You know, he was but for play, some he, reason, he I keep going... into the delusion. I keep going back to taking the drugs. is so strange. It's so not doctor like. I can I can see it as he he's trying to put her at ease. And also he he doesn't just do it. He does it. I don't want to say well. I mean he does it correctly. Yeah, he, he holds he, it in for a while. And then yeah, which means he's done it before. Yeah. So that's also something like is this is this all in her mind? Right? This is all in his mind too. You know. Uh huh. Um. So I don't anyway, know. Doctor Sweet is very, very strange. You see, now that you're saying all this, so here, dude, I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you. Here we go. Okay. I was gonna wait till we till towards the conclusion. What am I gonna tell you now? Um. Uh, when you told me that we were gonna talk about it, I was interested because of what the brief little synopsis you'd given me back in the horror movie episode. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's interesting. And like, hang on. And as I began to watch it. I was like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, just get to the fucking, just get to where all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And then, you know, when then the, then the one, when the 180 happens, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, we're just going balls. We're just doing it then. Um, so finishing the movie, I was just very kind of like, what? Yeah. But now that we're actually talking about it and you're saying everything, I'm seeing it from a new lens now and I'm like okay yeah so I think when you watch it the first time you're sort of like so it's a horror movie about bugs in your skin no no yeah because it's there's no bugs in your skin right there are no bugs in their skin it's it's a psychological decline of two people. Right. Right. Yeah. And see, I'm glad, I'm glad we're actually talking about it. Cause I was going to straight up text you and be like, yo, I hated this movie. Yeah. But now that we're beginning to talk about it, I'm getting to replay the scenes in my mind. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like now I, I'm starting to get yeah, it. What's real. What's not was black a guardian angel. And are there really bugs in these people's skin? Right, so we get this sort of ambiguity, right? Um, like we did last week, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about my favorite scene because okay. it is my it is my favorite acting. I think Michael Shannon's ever done is when he's ripping his tooth out. Oh, d- dude, and that's and everyone's I, favorite part, right? Ashley and I both were like, ah, I'm like, ah, because ah, I don't, so I don't like um, gross out horror mm-hmm. or you know, mutilation that much. Like if someone gets their arm cut off, it doesn't bother me, you know, in, but it's the real stuff in the devil's rejects when they get the nails 
put through their mm-hmm. hands. That didn't bother me. Uh, you know, in the few seasons of American Horror Story where someone gets gutted, yeah. you know, uh, or disemboweled. Because it's kind of outrageous, right? But yeah. this isn't done outrageously. It's done in a sort of realistic sort of Yeah, he grabs out the pliers and he's... Yeah. Oh, dude. I was like, Jesus. Uh, uh. Yeah. And like, I wasn't hiding behind my hands because I was scared. I was hiding because I was like, because uh, I could feel your teeth, right? The pain in my teeth. Yeah. And so, you know, because he was talking about his um, his fillings, right? Uh-huh. Uh And they put like a a bug larva sack in in there, and he needs to get it out, right? Yeah. Um, it's insane. Well, and then you know how that scene ends really solidifies that Agnes is fully immersed in the delusion. And we kind of get a little bit of that because when RC shows up to the house and everything, you know, all the bug catchers are on the ceiling and whatever. I bet that was hard to act around. <laughs> Cause, Probably, because, I mean, they are hanging down to head level. I mean, they're they're low. Yeah. And so her coming in, and she's sort of the breath of fresh air. She is fresh eyes, right? Mm-hmm. She's there to say... You guys are nuts. You're fine. And that's when we really get to see the, the I guess, extent of the delusion when Michael Shannon lifts his shirt up mm-hmm. and he is covered in, in gashes and, you know. Scratching. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's just covered, right? Because he just can't stop picking at his skin, right? Um and this is when you find out he is a true believer. He thinks – and we, we see a little bit of it um, right after they have sex. We we get to see him showing Ashley Judd the bug that's probably not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His whole like, it's right here. It's right here, Agnes. And then yeah. she's like, here. And, no, and he grabs her hand. No, here. here. Sorry, do you, everyone. Do you see it? Yeah. And she's like, I guess. You know? And that's where it starts. The I guess. And then from then on out, that that I guess turns into absolutely. So I'm assuming when you're when you're saying that, you know, we in that scene where RC is there, we see you, you know, Michael Shannon be a true believer when he's talking about like, you know, Agnes is adult. I'm not keeping her here. Yeah. She is free to do as she pleases. And then the whole, you know, now to your question, do I think there's you know, I disagree with the bugs. Yeah. They're here. Yeah. And so it's and so Michael Shannon, Peter, um, becomes a different kind of abuser mm-hmm. because, you know, Ashley Judd is sort of um, demonstrating sort of a battered women's syndrome. Right. At this point and not with because she's done with Jerry. Right. Yeah. It's not with Jerry. She has latched on to a different type of abuse. And it, I don't think it's its anyone's fault either. I, Michael Shannon's not doing it on purpose. You know, I don't mean to cut you off, yeah, but no. it, it's funny you say that because in the scene when we see Jerry for the first time mm-hmm. and they're arguing and she mentions Lewis, right? And he, Lloyd. Lloyd. And he smacks her and he's like, whose fucking fault is it? Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned it because it's, you know, with her and Michael Shannon, it's no one's fault. Right. You know, and it's it's funny. But, right, you, but with with Jerry, it's absolutely his fault, you know what right. I mean? Because, you know, he smacks the shit out of her and she says, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's that sort of battered women's syndrome. But then she latches on to this other uh, primary source, which is Peter. Right. And um, 
you know, she has just completely fallen into the delusion once R.C. leaves because R.C. almost gets her. She's like, look, nothing's there, right? She's almost got her. And then when when he has his seizure. Right. These sort of convulsions. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got her hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. And I was I paused it. But, you know, this is nothing about the movie, but I paused it because how Ashley Judd slaps. I, I can't think of the actress's name. Who plays her How she like slaps her, dude. That sounds like she really, yeah, really hit her. hit her. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if she was like, just just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Hit me as hard as you can. Or if it was trickery to look like she smacked her and they just, I don't know. But, dude, I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, goddamn. And so once she does that, you know that it's over. Yeah. You know, she's she's in it now. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't we don't see RC again. No. She's gone. Yeah. Yeah. We just we just hear because uh, then uh, Agnes starts talking like Peter. I don't know what I did to make her hate me. I don't I don't know what I could have done. Her spying on us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, the final moments in the movie is where we we get to see what true paranoia looks like. Oh, yeah. Oh, when, they're, when they're piecing together puzzle pieces of nothing. Right. They mm. are creating a narrative, creating reason uh, out of nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and just with a few key words in there, she can put together this narrative of you know, uh, government espionage, uh, spying from RC. Uh, that's why they took my son, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. That dude. Oh my God. That whole, the whole scene was giving me just like the worst, I wouldn't say anxiety, but just how she was like, you know, and, and it was, it was Goss. They, they paid him to yeah. take my son and, and he got on parole and he, he wasn't supposed to be on parole. Yeah. And, and, and the, the absolute certainty in her eyes yeah. and voice is what I was just like, like, no, it's like, she just, it's like, she figured it all out. It's like the end of a whodunit and they finally get the answers they were wanting. They, they, they figured it out. Wait, you mean to tell me it was Colonel Mustard? That's right. In the dining room. And that's what they're, and you know, that's the type, uh, and that's how they're saying it. Yeah. Right. They're, they're saying it. Yes. I finally figured it out. And then even, and it's absolute nonsense. And then even Michael Shannon, when he's listening to her, he's like, Oh my God, I didn't even think about all this. Right. And it's, (sighs) I know Jesus. I know. And you could argue that, um, also that this delusion is also sexually transmitted, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't start to take effect until after they have sex, right? Yeah. And I have to say, I was not expecting a sex scene like that. It was a strange one. It, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it was an interesting one. It I very... mean, it, it was sort of like Hannibal, like, like season three of Hannibal, how their sex scenes are very stylized, uh-huh. very kaleidoscopy, very, you know, avant-garde. And that was kind of like this. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting, uh, and I highly doubt it actually happened, but I wasn't expecting Michael Shannon to put uh, Ashley Judd's breast in his mouth. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it happened. I was, I'm, I was just like, wow. 
I was like, like, I'm, am I sure I'm watching the right bug here? <laughs> you are. Is this not bug triple uh, X? Now, I don't know what the stage play would have looked like. Yeah, because I was telling Ashley, I was like, you know, this is a stage play. I was like, I highly doubt the sex scene is probably this Probably not. Intricate. But I mean, there would be... There would be nudity, probably. I mean, yeah, that's probably. probably not a big deal, you know, like with Equus and stuff like that. You know, I mean, you can yeah. have nudity in stage plays. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was telling Ashley, he's like, I'm sure they 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 spiced it up and ramped it up for the movie. Right now, this is long enough to be a one act play. Still, really? Yeah, because it's about as long as Sunset Limited was. Yeah, an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, forty two minutes. I believe just ten minutes longer than Sunset Limited, and so. I don't know if it's a one-act play, but could you imagine, you yeah. know, having to memorize all of that, especially at the end? Oh, yeah, dude. Fuck. Yeah. I See, think about that all the time. I know, man, because, like, you know, with actors, they can memorize their lines, but even if they forget, they can just go, like, line. Line. All right. Uh, yeah, and he took Lloyd. Oh, okay. All right. <gasps> and he took Lloyd. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And then as we're stage actors, they have to memorize the entire Everything. script. Everything. What their character's doing, where they're standing, how they're breathing, just yeah, Jesus, I could never do a stage play. Yeah, but I've thought about it. I briefly considered um, in high school. Yeah, uh, trying to get into the theater, but also we went to the we went to high school with a bunch of theater snobs. I didn't. I did not know that. By the way, you didn't meet any of the theater people. I met some of the theater people, but not a whole lot of them. Man, they're all assholes. <laughs> and if I'm sure that's from true. Midland High in the theater program uh, from 2011 is listening. Sorry, not sorry. Oh, for sure. And thanks for listening, by the way. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Please uh, subscribe. Yeah. Uh, and tell Joel Schumacher uh, that you're a listener, and uh, he'll give you. Yeah, he's president of our fan club. He'll he'll give you a copy of uh, Batman and Robin. <laughs> Pretty uh, toyified. <laughs> it's five minutes long. <laughs> oh god! Excuse me. <laughs> so all right. So that was a good one. <laughs> Pre toyified. Pre toyified. Oh god. So release release the the Schumacher cut. I do like that. You know, and this is sort of like Sunset Limited, where a lot of it takes place in one place in the motel room. Yeah. Right, yeah, because we only get we get a two few I other mean, scenes. Yeah, because we get the grocery store, and we get the, the bar, and the bar, yeah, and that's about it. But we do get outside of the motel, right, in the mm-hmm. parking lot area. I think there's a swing. Uh, yeah, and then it's the first night it. she meets Peter. Yeah, I guess she's walking him somewhere. Yeah, and they walk by a swing, and right. she sits on the swing. So we do get like three locate four locations, right? If you want to count outside, yeah. Um, which is, uh, you know, different from, you know, most one act plays, which are in one place. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, which maybe this isn't one. Act. I have no idea. Um, I probably should have looked that up, but I didn't. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. So thoughts, let's see what, I know there's a lot of evidence for one side okay. and not for the other, but do you think the bugs are real? Absolutely not. It is a different movie if the bugs are real, right? Yeah. I I 100% believe that um, – I believe Dr. Sweet was telling the truth when he said that Peter is a delusional schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe that he had been off his meds and – And we do know that someone named Dr. Sweet 
has been around because that's what RC had said, that mm-hmm. someone came around the bar looking for him. His name's Dr. Sweet. Yes. Right? I don't know if that was Dr. Sweet. Um, that's true. Yeah, because right. we don't get a description. And then shortly thereafter, he just shows up. And like, oh, yeah, you know, here's my credentials. Yeah. And, and we don't get a shot of the credentials. No. You know. And he does briefly get some um, some contact with Michael Shannon, with Peter. That was a very also interesting scene. And I had a – I'll be real. Uh, you know, the opening shot is you see a dead body. Mm-hmm. And I was like – I even leaned over to Ashley. I was like <laughs> – He's not going to make it. No. He's going to fucking die. Yeah. And I really wish they hadn't done that. What, killed him? No, shown that shot in the very oh, beginning. Yeah. It was probably just to keep your attention, like, hey, this is coming. Yeah. Right? Um, but, dude, that, that whole scene with Michael, who was convinced he's a robot. Oh, yeah. That was so awkward. He's, you know, he's doing the whole, I apologize for everyone, that's the whole, like, like trying to see oh, the response yeah. time. And then, like, touching his neck, like, oh, it's the new chip. Oh, new model. And I was just like, oh, my God. And, like, he's so sure that that is not a real human being. Yeah. And I think that also solidified it for me. Yeah, this dude's fucking crazy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, let's pretend for a minute everything Michael Shannon's saying is true. Okay. All right. Okay. Just for a sec. Okay. Let's say everything is true. Okay. Um, how would that change the movie for you? If if Michael Shannon was telling the truth, was telling the truth, Peter is a hundred percent correct. Maybe not about everything, but about most of it. Okay. How it would change it for me? Um, is I feel like we would be watching a. I don't know why this comes to mind, but I feel like we'd be watching like a John Carpenter horror film. Okay. You know? So it'd be I, like The Thing? Yeah. You know, body horror and... Yeah. <laughs> Kale doesn't listen to this, but he hates when I say the words body horror. Why? I don't know. Well, it, really called, bothers, isn't it? it really bothers him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it is, it is a genre, but anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like that's what we'd be watching because rather than watching... These two people um, mentally lose their minds. We're watching these people literally tear themselves apart mm-hmm. to to save themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like a you know, it's, it's like a self fulfilling prophecy, yeah, kind of thing. I, I'm sure I'm using that term wrong, yeah. but you know, you know, they would be to save themselves. They would have to rip into their skin and get these bugs out. And yeah. and it's it doesn't have. I wouldn't necessarily say realism mm-hmm. that what we see in the movie of him being one hundred percent delusional, but that does have more realistic mm-hmm. expectations than if it, if he was telling the truth. Right, like if he was right the whole time. Right. You know, uh, yeah, I agree. It would almost be like one of those, um, you know, the the Big Brother government's bad movies, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. 
um, like like a 1984, but a really stripped down version of that. Yeah, Eagle Eye without Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> LaBeouf. Um, now I do want to say that uh, the Folie à Deux. I, I butchered that, by the way, and it's French. I, I'm I don't speak French. I but think it can also be uh, Folie à Trois. It can also be I mean, there you can have three people, four people, a whole yeah. family, and that one's called something different too. It's instead of do it's a uh, it's family and yeah. uh, and it's mad you know, the folly I'll do is uh, madness shared by two. Right. And so it's it's a you know emotional contagion, you know, yeah. and I those are two different things, but uh, they're they're sort of similar in um in having these these primary the primary person with such a strong delusion, he re- he pulls other people into it. Yeah. Doesn't have to be just one person. Yeah, it's and it doesn't happen very often. It happens enough to where we have case studies, but um, I mean, again, it has to be. You have to be living a very specific life for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you're spending well over the majority of your time with this one person and little contact with others. Yeah, it man. Like it, like certain parts of the movie, I was super into. Like the 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 scene after RC leaves, and you know they're laying in the floor, and she's talking to him. She's like, you know, I I think I love you, and I know very little about you. All we talk about is bugs. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we do when we're not talking about bugs. And she's like, but I'd rather talk to you about bugs than talk about nothing with nobody. And, you know, certain things like that, I was like, wow, like, we're really seeing the decline yeah. of these two people. You know, and then, of course, the very next scene is him ripping out his tooth. Yeah. Which, what was killing me the most is he wasn't getting it in the first try. Yeah. And blood He's, is just pouring out of right, his mouth. Right, because he does try a little bit and then he stops and there's blood all over his face and he's got to do it again because he didn't get it <laughs> oh man it's rough yeah dude and then and then when we, when we get it's oh, man it, see like you know with Joker uh eyebrows eyebrows big mouth there like I said I've been watching big mouth all right um you know we're seeing the decline of this person you know, in his mental state. Also, I do want to do an episode on Joker eventually. That's why I was doing eyebrows. Eyebrows, eyebrows, yeah. Eyebrows, eyebrows. Uh, and if if you're listening to this and you also would like to hear us talk about Joker, I highly recommend listening to the director commentary uh, with Todd Phillips. It's yeah, great. Todd Phillips is a fucking gene, dude. Yeah. Anyway, S- sidebar, hang on, sidebar. Todd Phillips has solidified himself as a fantastic director. Mm-hmm. He can do comedy, and now he can do drama. Like, Yeah, and, and according to him, he's not going to do comedy yeah, he's for done comedy, yeah. which upsets me because he's done so many good comedies in the past. I, I fucking love Due Date. I think Due Date really showcased RDJ's acting chops mm-hmm. and his chemistry with Zach Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought their chemistry was perfect. See, I, I'm... I'm soft on due date, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, back to back to. But no, I know what you're saying because instead of a instead of a mental psychological decline, it is a it's a mental and physical. Well, and it's a it's the it's a philosophy shift because right. he goes to you know. Uh, I mean, you kind of don't know where he is in the beginning, you know, in his stance on sort of 
morality, right? But it is you kind of see that morality shift when you know he he kills those those people on the train and Oh, we're still on Joker. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, on Joker, it's the it's a it's a morality <laughs> shift instead cuz he's He's crazy the whole movie, right? He has mental problems the whole movie. Yeah. But uh, in this one, it's it's a mental decline. Yeah. Yeah, because well, in Joker, it's – and it's that scene in particular on the train where Joker is coming through and Arthur is disappearing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, a lot of people saying his dance scene in mm-hmm. the bathroom, mm-hmm. that was Joker starting to come through yeah. and Arthur is yeah. receding. Starting to go away. Yeah. And in this one, in the movie we're actually talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just really love Joker. That's, I thought it was one of the awesome, best man. movies of the year for it, sure. It, it uh, If it doesn't win some sort of award. Uh, or at least a, nominated. I mean, it's, it's a travesty yeah, is I what agree. it is. Um, I, I think it it obviously starts um, after their night together, right? Um, uh, and, not even like oh yeah, I mean after it was, their night within like yeah fifteen minutes, yeah. <laughs> Which again, uh, it's sort of like a it follows situation where it's like a sexually transmitted Dude, delusion. I slightly wanted to watch that, but then when everyone was like, "Oh yeah, you, what happens when you have sex?" I was like, "Oh, never mind." Now that part was silly, but the movie overall is actually not bad. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would recommend you watch it. It's kind of fucked up, though, that the guy like has sex with her because he's like, I, I gotta man, get rid of it. I gotta get rid of this fucking thing, dude. Agreed. And um, someone said it was like a commentary on like having unprotected sex and yeah. I mean, that shit. I could do without. I could do without the PSA, um, public service announcement. Listen, let me let me mansplain to you oh, what. Boy. Oh boy, here we go. What unprotected sex leads to? Okay, uh, boy. <laughs> it's good. It's like the it's like the truth commercials. Yes. About smoking. Yes, it is like that. And, you know, I don't really like – I don't go to the movies to be preached to. I know. Uh, but that one – go to one, the movies to escape. That one is sort of stylized and put together in a way that's not horrible. So right. I do recommend you watch it because it's great. But yeah, uh, I think about it. Other, other than, you know, the obvious sort of eye-rolling PSA stuff, I mean, it's it's fine. I think about it. Um, but right anyway, – I mean, that's what I mean. So um, – you could argue it's sort of like a an it follows thing where right. it's a sexually transmitted delusion, and they even bring that up at the end where the bugs only showed up after they had sex because they had to have had sex for the bugs to appear anyway. Right? Because um, she's like, "You're the drone, and and I'm the mother, the yeah. mother bug." Yeah. Yeah. And she's really excited about that. Um, because they're trying to make sense of all of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially the scene that really got me is when. You know, it's when they saw the flypaper coming down, and she's like, "Oh, I told the manager," and he's like, "You, you did what?" Yeah. She's like, "Well, I, I just told him that it was weird that we were the only ones that had bugs," and he's like, "What? What exactly did you tell him? Exactly." <laughs> yeah. And you know, then he's getting on to RC. Like, could you not talk to me while I'm addressing Agnes? And I was just like, Jesus Christ! I know. You I know. know. It's. Just, I mean, it's it's a really layered performance. Yeah, I read something that Ashley Judd, like one critic said that Ashley Judd gives like an Oscar-worthy performance. I would agree with that. Even though apparently critics were just kind of like, eh, about it. You know, I did – I didn't read it 
all the way through. Um, but I did. I was curious about what Roger Ebert thought. Oh yeah. And he did give it a three and a half out of four. Really? So that's. I mean, that's really oh, good. Dude, to get to get Roger Ebert to give you. Well, he's dead now. But, oh, I know. R.I.P. R.I.P. But uh, during that time, for him to give a, a movie three out of four star, three and a half, three and a half, especially out of four, and a horror movie at that. Yeah. Um, those, he, because he saw through the horror movie and saw the psychological decline. It's not. You know. I think. Maybe okay. some people saw it as there are bugs in this guy's skin and he's ripping his skin apart. Movie, right. instead of there are no bugs, right? Right. And Roger Ebert saw it as there are no bugs, right? Right. Or at least seeing the option that there's either or, right? Um, which makes it a more interesting story mm-hmm. than if the bugs turned out to be real. Right. right. If the bugs were real, which is why. <sighs> All right. Here we go. So um, the village. Shit. Here we go. <laughs> the village. I, I, I do, too. And so when Even I was a, a kid, lot of people say that that's when he started to decline. I, I disagree. OK. I love the village. Um, I do also. So when I was a kid, I hated it because the it's monsters freaky. weren't real. Uh, I was like, "What a chip!" Oh wow, I was the exact opposite. What a chip! I well, was, I was more so like, "Oh my god, the monsters are gonna come get me!" Oh uh, no, I hated it because I was like, <laughs> "The monsters aren't real." It was just Adrian Brody. What a chip! What was it? Just Adrian no, and Brody. it wasn't right. And so, but I was just a kid. I saw when it came out. So I mean, that was also Walking Phoenix. Yes, also Walking. <laughs> So, uh, and wouldn't so, it be wouldn't it be crazy if we're like, oh wait, and yeah, Michael Shannon was also in that movie. Oh, that'd be so crazy. <laughs> uh, he wasn't. Yeah. Um, but you know, as I got older, and I decided to give another shot, um, and I was like, oh, I do like this movie a lot. Yeah, the village is great, man. You know, and it's and I don't even think I understood the twist either. The twisty twist that that it's modern day that and, these settlers have yeah got the fuck out. And of course, I you know. I may have understood, and I was like, yeah, but it's stupid because you didn't hear airplanes. And, of course, you wouldn't have because they were in a national park and there are no fly zones over national parks. Um, so you can't fly over national parks. Sidebar <laughs> from this very serious topic, because you meant because you mentioned that. It's been a while since I've seen The Village. Okay. How the fuck do they get supplies? And how can the fuck how, – how can they live in a national park and not get thrown out? Well, they do explain that, I think, um, is – at when the time at the time they were settling, I think oh, they had quote unquote settling settling. Yeah, there they had a deal with the guy, whatever the and, national park, or whatever. and they of course the the elders know, and so they would be the ones to go get the supplies, right? Uh, so, but anyway, um, the reason I bring up the village at all is okay. Now that I'm older, if the monsters were real, I would hate the movie. Mm, right. Okay, I get you. I get you. And so, so as as we're this, you're glad the bugs are not real, right? Well, you you see it as the bugs are not real, right? Because okay. if the bugs were real, the movie is silly. I agree. I agree. <laughs> right. I I feel like we would just get a you know just a traditional. I call them wannabe horror movies. Mm-hmm. You know, they see what came before and they try to replicate it. It doesn't work. Yeah. That's why slasher movies. are better anyway um <laughs> i already talked enough about that in the horror movie episode we talked um, about a lot of things enough <laughs> in the horror movie episode um but no i agree i agree yeah I, and, it, and that's why you know like if if the monsters were real in the village it's silly yeah right um 
the 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 reason that they're not real the the point that they're not real is it makes it way more interesting yeah than if yeah. it's like oh yeah they're real and they came from space or whatever the fuck uh, I would be like mm, that's stupid <laughs> what that's so the, the monsters in the village yeah oh yeah I mean, instead silly. of they're they're invented to keep people in the settlement right that's more interesting right um and I do agree that's the beginning of the end for in my channel. <laughs> But uh, but not not a quick 180. It's a very slow one because I did like the village and then after that I didn't like. Oh, yeah, because Lady that. in the Water was after that. And Lady in the Water was that 180 for me. I was like, mm, this is fucking terrible. And then I, never, I stopped. Wasn't the whole point of that is she was like a mermaid living uh, in a pool? Yes, a, maybe I need to see it again like the village. But well, I, I don't know. I've never seen the Lady in the Water. I just mm. know it's got my boy uh, Paul Giamatti yeah, in Yeah, Paul Giamatti's in this shit. I fucking love Paul Giamatti. Yeah, he's great. Um, he's the motherfucking man. Yeah. Just like Mel Brooks, I will call him to work if he ever dies. <laughs> Paul yeah, Giamatti. I, I, I warned Ashley. I was like, the day the news breaks that Mel Brooks, that Melvin, uh, I don't remember his last name, Melvin Brooks is dead, I will not show up to work. Wow. And I will watch Blazing Saddles all day. All day. So, <sighs> anyway, we went now, off on a tangent. We did. So, but it's not a it's not an episode of reservations unless we go off on a tangent. I know. Fuck, we really need to quit doing that. Anyway, so, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I think that the reason I like the village is because where most monsters. people don't is because the monsters aren't real. In this is the same thing where right. again if the bugs are real it'd be silly right um, I'm trying to think of an example of a movie where they actually do have bugs crawling in someone's skin and I'm, I'm uh, blanking on the only thing I can think I of I can see images in my brain but I don't know where they come from the only from. movie I can think of and it's not the point of the movie is the uh, the m- mummy Oh, the yeah. Brendan Fraser mummy. Oh, yeah. When they have the scarabs going through. Oh some yeah, skin. I've only seen that movie like once. I didn't. And then, really and like then it. the second one, the mummy returns. More bugs and more skin. It was it was more scarabs, but one guy, yeah, he gets like loaded up with them, and they come, they crawl up his through his body, and then right out on, through his see, mouth. See the one I I came up with was the mist where oh shit that that the officer uh, gets implanted with all the spider eggs, and he falls. And then the, he busts open and all the spiders come out. Do you remember that? I have it's not actually seen gross. the mist. Uh, that part's really gross. Um, the only part in the mist I've seen is when, like, the octopus tentacle comes in. Oh, yeah. And, like, rips that dude's chest cavity out. Yep. Like, the store clerk. Yep. And because I was watching, like, like, a visual effects documentary, and it's actually, like, a dude's green screen hand. Oh, yeah. And he's pulling, like, a, a, a pull away. Uh, blood squib mm-hmm. and then they just CGI'd out his hand and yeah yeah. Uh, the miss is fantastic really? um, if nothing else for the ending and, and, and that's um, Stephen King right yeah now it's not the same ending as the, as the book but I've noticed that's story. a reoccurring thing with Stephen King well he movies. got permission uh, Frank Darabont got permission because uh. he was reading some of uh, Stephen King's notes and he was like I see you wanted to end it this way and you didn't can I do it and he said, absolutely. I wish I had. So it's kind of like the same thing with Dr. Sleep. The director got permission from Steven to mm-hmm. change. The- I fucking love Dr. Sleep, by the way. It was like, really good. Uh, you know, I'm excited for the three-hour director's cut. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Sidebar about three-hour director's cut. Weren't they supposed to do that for It Chapter 2? They are supposed to have a three-hour long director's cut? I don't know. Because uh, if not, that's some fucking ho shit. All right. 
Anyway. <laughs> it's already almost three hours. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, but I want it longer. So, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I should bug. just cut part one and a part two together. I... I agree. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. If they did it like the book yeah. and kind that'd of... Be, that'd be sick. Yeah. Anyway. Come together. So, Bug, I I love this movie. It could... This type of movie and could only be done... Or this type of story, this type of horror story could only be done on stage. Yeah. Right? Because the... It would be a little bit of a different experience because you really kind of don't get the ambiguity... Mm-hmm. Because when you're sitting in an audience looking at real people on the stage, you're, you're, there can't be bugs, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> I think you kind of get less of an amb- ambiguous feel yeah. for everything. Well, yeah. And also in the theater, your mind begins to create scenarios yeah. and things like that. Right. I mean, that that would just be my... My thing would be I, that I would agree. I yeah, mean, because I, I mean, if I were sitting in the audience, you're—it's very apparent that they're losing their minds, right? Right, right. that they are really declining. But in the movie, you're kind of like, hey, it can go either way, you know? Yeah, and I, I do appreciate that they for the movie because I figured they could do it um, where Michael Shannon and Ashley Judd are seeing the bugs. Mm-hmm. And then when we see it from Harry Connick Jr. and RC's perspective, there are no bugs. But they didn't do that. And I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. I'm glad they kept it to where we can't see anything. We can't see anything. Yeah. Right? And so we don't know who to believe. Of course, we're probably more inclined to believe. That they're just going RC. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially when they start messing with the microscope and stuff, you know. I mean, so that was the one part that Ashley didn't like. Oh, the microscope stuff. She's like, "How the fuck did they get a microscope?" Oh, it was. Um, I was like, "It's a child's microscope." I'm sure they went and bought it. Yeah, it, no, I mean, it was for it was for Lloyd. It was Lloyd's uh, uh, microscope. See, I didn't even think about yeah. that. It, it was their son's microscope. So that's that's how they had it. Because I had a microscope when I was a kid. I didn't. Um, My uh, parents didn't want me to believe in science. Oh, well, it shows. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) excuse me. So, really glad we got to do this. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm really glad we talked about it because, dude, I was ready. I told Ashley, I was like, I'm ready to be like, why did you make me watch this movie? Yeah. It was weird. Yep. And I'm glad that I thought to myself, I should probably wait till the conclusion to tear into you because now that we've talked about it I'm like okay that makes more sense will I watch the movie again probably not oh no but it has helped with my understanding of the movie yeah and now I'm a little bit more inclined to appreciate it much more than I did after we finished it perfect that's what I'm here for um so I'm glad you really enjoyed it uh, eventually, uh-huh. uh, or at least got to appreciate yeah. the storytelling. Oh, absolutely. Um, because of, you know, the the, ambig- the ambiguity and yeah. things like that. Um, also, you know, I got to actually use my degree and look up some <laughs> psychological stuff for this because uh, we actually did talk about it in uh, Abnormal Psych when I was at Texas State uh-huh. uh, for that year. Um, we did talk about this sort of emotional contagion shared delusion okay. um, sort of a thing so it is real um, oh yeah no, and, I figured uh, and I'm glad that we get to see in movie form in horror movie form what it looks like when that happens yeah um, so anyway 
Would you like a teaser for next week? Well, I figured. You know, I'm I'm leaving all the teasers up to you. Great. Since this is uh, this is your series. Well, um, next week we get a former um, one half of a comedic duo uh, directing his first film uh, in 1966. Okay. Uh, that is Mike Nichols. Mike Nichols used to have a, a comedy. Uh, duo show with his wife um, before he was a film director. Um, and it is based on the Edward Albee play Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf um, with real life couple at the time um, Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. Ah. And of course you would know George Siegel um, as a, a very young George Siegel in 1966. He is now the grandfather in the Goldbergs and um, he was also the father in Just Shoot Me. And, I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh, um, okay. And also Sandy Dennis uh, is also in it. Uh, they play the other younger couple that they meet. Um, this is a phenomenal movie. A all-time best performance from Liz Taylor. Okay. Um, they made her look much older a little uglier than she actually was at the time because, of course, she was gorgeous at the time and probably the biggest movie star that you could possibly imagine. And now... Because this is after Cleopatra. Um, Virginia Woolf was a poet, correct? Virginia Woolf, uh, yes, she was a an author. No, she was a poet. Oh, fuck yeah. Because the author was uh, Sylvia Plath. So, yes, Virginia Woolf was the poet. Okay. Um, and... Virginia Woolf. So is this movie – so it's based on a play. Yes. Was the play based on any fact no, or – it has nothing to do with Virginia Woolf. Okay. At all. <laughs> so, okay. So um, the, the title is sort of explained in the movie. Okay. Um, it's a little sing-songy thing that she sing-songy. does to really annoy her husband. Um, there's a lot of rage, a lot of contempt, um, a lot of – uh, I mean, I mean, it is. It's going to make you uncomfortable. Uh, I had, I wrote a paper on this uh, when I was in college at Texas Tech, and uh, when I when I would write uh, papers on movies, I would have the movie playing while I wrote it. Not this time. I had to keep pausing it because it it, it kept driving me so crazy because of how intense the conversations get. Okay, so w- are you saying that at least? I would say three times I may stand up and yell at the TV. Uh, I don't know if you yell. You will. I mean, you'll feel you'll feel very anxious because they're really tearing into each other and uh-huh. in front of quote strangers, right? So okay, um, it is the it is sort of awkward, uh, and you kind of feel the tension, and it's it's intense. Well, I good. love this. Movie. I'm I'm glad that we're doing uh, your series where we're going to talk about uh, real shit. Yeah, this is real shit. This is <laughs> this is a top movie <laughs> of all time for most people. So, uh, who's afraid of Virginia Excuse Wolf me. next week? Uh, but of course, for us, we'll be recording it this week again. So, yeah. um, anyway, well, everyone, we hope you enjoyed Bug. Uh, join us next week uh, for part three of Stage to Screen series. And we hope you guys have a happy new year.